Welcome. We are live. This is a pop-up. It's a live pop-up. It's a lunchtime learning pop-up. And what is weird, welcome to the Johnny Ruff Fractional CMO, but what is weird is today I am the guest. I've got my very good friend, Pascal Fintoni, who co-hosts a number of podcasts with me. Um, but today he's going to present, I'm going to be the guest. So I'm going to let Pascal take over. I'm taking over happily. I would normally, if you were you and I in the physical room, grab the microphone off you and say, my turn, Monsieur Johnny Ross. And all this started about a, about a week ago, give or take, to the day where I saw lots of interesting reels on social media. You're having a wonderful time in a sunny Brighton where you attended the Brighton SEO 2023 conference. And to say that there was an, an inkling of envy and FOMO would be an understatement. And then I thought, you know what? Actually, lovely that you should go down and take the time to invest in your own development and learning. But I think you should share. And can I just say you're very trusting to allow me to literally take over, <laughs> you know, one of your one of your programs, which I always follow, you know, great because you've had some wonderful guests. So listen. Uh, I'm going to go straight into it and start by asking for viewers and listeners who are familiar with the conference. So, wh why do you choose to go to Brighton SEO, and how did you get that? Did you and did you spend you know nights in hotels? Did you enjoy as well the socialising as well as the learning? Yeah, so Brighton SEO has been going for a number of years, and it's known as the world's largest search marketing conference. Um, and how can I not attend something like that where I know that there's going to be so much content on search engine optimization? It's my passion. It's my background. It's where I've where I've uh, come up in the in the digital world, and knowing uh, some of the speakers that were going to be there, some of the content that was going to be covered, it was an opportunity. You know, I think in 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 all careers, you've got to continually develop that CPD, um, and there's nothing wrong with every day as a school day and learning new techniques, even if it gives me. Uh, the chance to be able to reflect and, and clarify if, if, if some of the strategies I'm using are, are the right strategies. Uh, it gives you the ability to reflect. It gives you the ability to be inspired and sort of take a step back from the day-to-day and actually just, you know, think, actually, oh, there's something different there. And I was always hoping that perhaps there might be some golden nuggets that I could take away ultimately to power myself and to bring back to my clients. No, absolutely. Now, when I did have a glance at the um, you know, Brighton SEO official website. Very clear, very easy to navigate. And there was only a lot of things before the events as well. People could go on walks. And they call it networking. Yeah, the fringe events. I mean, there was there was all sorts of things. There was yoga at lunchtime. There was uh, there was there was nights out. There was uh, there was five k runs. I didn't engage hugely in a lot of that. I must admit that. I took the opportunity of wanting to explore Brighton a bit for myself. So um, I sort of went off the beaten track a tiny bit and just, you know, I, I like to, when I go anywhere, I try and absorb the atmosphere. And and so I, I, I didn't want to just be Brighton SEO'd the whole time. I wanted to see a bit of real Brighton as well. Yeah, which we you shared, you know, kindly uh, via the, the reels on, on social media. So when I was looking at the um, official website, it was an interesting format because there were literally hundreds, uh, hundreds of talks where they were all twenty minutes. It must have been so hard to choose the one you wanted to go to. I, I did not know where to start. I mean, there was there was literally, I think, six different tracks, and each track, as you say, had 
um well w- what it was 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 each track had a, a a segment where maybe an hour long an hour hour and 20 long and in each one of those there was then three talks that was related to that segment so not only was it picking which segment or which track it was there was so much content so many different speakers um so i just decided to, i mean i you know i did quite a bit of research uh, prior there was particular speakers that i definitely wanted to see there was particular talks that i definitely wanted to see but at the same time i wanted inspiration uh, i wanted uh, something a bit different um and i and i achieved that um and uh, and i'm i'm sure we'll get into some of the content that i went to but um but i tried to vary it and not just go to the main stage every you know for every single uh, bit because i think i think some of the 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 sort of the the newer stuff comes out of some of the smaller rooms um, and that's where you can get some real insights. Whereas the main stage, you know, it tends to be um, more, in some way, a bit more generic. I would agree. I mean, I made a point now when I go to an event, even on virtual conferences, I do what you do, which is, you know, the CPD bit, which is what do I want to learn more of this year? Where is my skill gap? And just be that tactical, strategic about it. Otherwise, you run around like a, a kids, you know, in a kind of toy store where you want to touch everything and have, have tried everything. Yeah, I, I literally do did want to see everything. And <laughs> the only beauty of it is that they released all the content in video format. Uh, my ticket gives me access to that video content now. Um, but then uh, over the coming months, they're going to be releasing one talk, I think, a, a day or a week um, onto YouTube. So so all the content will be out there within the next year wow. or so. Um, but um, I do have the ability to be able to look at some of the content that I wasn't at. And, and uh, so, yeah, there was there was a lot. There was a lot. So going back to the, to the website, I was I was literally, you know, wow, look at all, all this happening. But one of the talks at the very top had this very simple title of an update on Google search. It was the shortest title. I thought someone didn't think very, very hard about this. Nonetheless, when I look at the names, I saw the name of John Muller and Billy Jinnah. And for a moment, I went, no, it can't be. John Muller from Google, the man who has been literally doing live Q&As forever, some of those Q&As lasting two, three hours on, on YouTube. And I saw the picture, and it was the John Muller, wasn't it? It was. And, you know, this is the guy that took over from uh, Matt Cutts. He's mm-hmm. become the face of Google, the guy that he puts a tweet out and Barry, the likes of Barry Schwartz will analyze that tweet to the nth degree to try and understand what's the message in there, what's the secret, what's the what's the algorithm about to do. Not only did I go to his talk, I was just bringing this up on my phone, Pascal, but um, for people that are watching right now, I have a selfie with him. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> that's me and John. Uh, 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 I, I managed to get some time with him uh, after the talk as well. Um, and um, uh, it was the real uh, John Muller. Uh, in fact, one of the questions that I asked him was, uh, "Has you know, he was never going to give me the answer, but has Google seen a decline in search since ChatGPT has become more mainstream?" Um, he um, he he was never going to to give me a proper answer, but he he said he'd be surprised because. Um, he believes that still a, there'll be a number of people that are still uh, checking Google to check to fact check what Google mm. what ChatGPT is giving. I think in reality, you know, I could see in his eyes that I was 
hitting a uh, somewhat sore point, uh, but uh, but it was a, an interesting conversation. Absolutely. Now, I've been brought up well, so I need to say that I'm so pleased for you to admit John Miller, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> very envious. Well done, you. Uh, very quickly on the subject of AI, I was pleased to, pleased to see, however, glancing at the agenda for the two days that there wasn't too much of it you know because there could have been just a thing the trap to fall into for the organizer which is all ai powered this and the ai enhance the other and i think they did a very very good job to make it very very mixed now i know that you've got probably pages of notes and you're still going through those notes and re reflection but yeah let me ask you now you know your top takeaways you know it could be something that is more of a, a feeling about the organ about, about the event or it could be some very practical things that you're going to start to implement for your clients yeah i think uh, i guess the theme uh the biggest takeaway from the event it it was around ai there was no question i mean there was a lot of content around ai even though even though at the same time there was a, a good cross-section and and, and and i'll come on to some of that but if you were to ask me what the biggest takeaway would be, it would be we need to embrace it and we also need to be cautious. So it's around finding a balance. It's around let's not, let's not, you know, just let AI take over, but let's recognize the power of AI and let's recognize how much difference it can actually make uh, in terms of uh, effectiveness, productivity in terms of data. But then the bigger caution is more data doesn't mean better results. It's about the quality of that data as well. So I, yeah, I think I think the biggest take takeaway, which it, it would be embracing AI. Now, I already embrace AI. I've been embracing AI for, for a number of years. Um, the uh, so, so for me, I think the the personally the biggest takeaway was around some of the techniques some people are using um i went to a really uh, moving away from ai for a second i went to a really interesting uh segment on tiktok uh, it was tiktok seo and um that gave me uh, a real insight into current i mean to, i'm talking like you know trends right now september 23 uh, current trends on TikTok and 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 the way TikTok is is the, how powerful it is in terms of the signals it's giving uh, to websites and how you can uh, game the TikTok uh, algorithm. So, uh, as a sort of secondary um, key takeaway for me, it was around TikTok is you know the, the, there's there's so much can be done. And, and again, I've been saying I've been using TikTok for um, probably three four years. Uh, I've been um, uh, I've always said that uh, TikTok is a platform that we should look at. But as a key takeaway, it's like, ah, that's there's some there's some good stuff here. And we keep saying, you know, in in other conversation we've had in the past, looking elsewhere. So you may not actually be a regular TikTok user. You may not even have an account. But listening to the strategies and tactics can give you the spark of an idea that you can use back to you know your, your more regular platforms. Well, the the biggest takeaway on tiktok was that people like watching nothing <laughs> they they like watching nothing they like watching someone out walking or someone changing their clothes or someone getting ready for the day or they they they, they, they people are absorbed in 
in just real life nothing and and the and 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 it's you know it's it's a bit like watching fire watching watching a a, a fire in a you know whether it be a bonfire or whether it be um uh, in a well, the words escaping me a fireplace watching fire in a fireplace it's you are ultimately watching nothing but you're captivated by it and and likewise just sort of seeing real life is is the big thing but then the secondary thing would be around watching something and believing that you're doing it so whether that be productivity whether it be travel seeing someone visit some global city that's you know fantastic seeing them do that makes you feel that you've just done it and experienced it and uh, and so there's that um the the whilst there's the, the whole thing of of nothingness there's also the whole thing of watching someone be productive suddenly makes you feel like you've been productive which is really weird as well it's showing that moment in time which actually google introduced many years ago remember when they, they had what they called moments as uh, z uh, what was it zmot z uh, zero moment of truth truth that was for the yeah. search but also when they were pushing videos and what they call micro blogging which i, I suppose now that because we, we have the benefit of, of hindsight it may have been the beginning of, of shorts but sharing moments in time that are relatable as well as you know the more meaningful um kind of addresses um i need to go back now that i've recovered from you know being jealous of you meeting john muller i need to go back to I, 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 did you go to um, his session and uh, I, I, update I, on Google search? I absolutely went to his session. Uh, even though I knew I was going to be getting a video, I audio recorded the entire session uh, mm -hmm. so that I could uh, go back and analyze it. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I, um, uh, there, there was a, a few people there that were of interest. Danny Sullivan was also there as well. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so uh, uh, it was, it, yeah, it, it, it was really interesting. And um, I think the, the key things I got from John were, well, there was, you know, there was one thing which was, look, don't panic when there's an update. The last thing to do is to panic and start making tons of changes. That's not, you know, that's not how to solve uh, problems from a Google update. But I think the biggest thing that came out was around uh, SGE, which is the search generative uh, experience, which is where uh, Google is bringing AI into search results. And they've rolled it out in uh, India. They've rolled it out in Japan. They've rolled it out in the US. And these are test beds to see how the platforms perform. Um, and so this is, as you're doing a search result, you're then seeing AI results as well uh, and uh, and so there's a whole question around where does that leave us those businesses that are desperate to uh, to to get traffic from uh, serps so there was and and what you know ultimately what that came down to was if you want to in, if, if you're going to embrace uh, the whole SGE and how you're going to how you're going to rank well with SGE it comes back to quality of content. It comes back to helpful content, resourceful content, produce content that is actually going to help someone, that is actually going to help your audience uh, be, you know, and it's what me and you have been saying for for donkey's years, um, And it, but it's no different. And, and But I also want to just, whilst I'm talking about John's talk, there was two other big things that, that I feel came out of it as well. And, and what he was talking about was, how to keep ahead of Google updates and Google algorithms. And 
there was no secret that um, the clear focus right now is speed and accessibility. And to be fair, speed we've been talking about, page speed we've been talking about for a long time, but it's clearly still a very high uh, focus. In fact, uh, uh, coming out in March uh, 24, uh, I'm going to get the acronym completely wrong, uh, seeing that I'm live. Uh, is it NIP, NPI? I can't remember the... Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the new metric that's being measured for for search speed. Um, Google have already announced that. It's not it's not often that they pre-announce things, but that one they have done. So speed is clearly on top of their agenda, and 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 we've we uh, in our agency have been very aware of speed for a long time. But the but the other word that he mentioned a number of times was accessibility. And this is about making the web, World Wide Web, accessible for every single person. And that's, you know, not just making sure that it works across every single browser and every single device, but actually so that every single user can uh, can easily uh, use a website. And if he's saying that now, then we know what future Google updates are going to be. It's going to be around, well, is that is that website any more accessible than the other website? And if it is you're going to have a higher chance of ranking. Listening to you, it's back to, because like I say, when I glanced at all the, the different talks, and it was you know literally hundreds, the feeling that I got was the reinforcement of claiming your online presence and really establishing a reputable, credible digital footprint around your brand mentions and, and the labeling and the product and services that you have. And that it's not just one web page that's going to, cut it you know you've got to really provide that um on an experience of leaving no stones and turn about the the the, the faqs and the and, and the practical advice and the, the before during and after and all those things that you're going to discuss time and time again and there's something actually quite reassuring that it doesn't really veer too far away from that constant that's been the kind of key messages you know i've shared for many years now yeah, around around the quality of content, for example, or the speed of a website. Yeah, mm. totally. So, so what I ended up doing was um, uh, I molded as you know, I I, uh, I I I shaped where I was going as I was going. So, hearing John talk about accessibility so much, of course, on day two, where did I go to a whole accessibility session. Um, and um, it was it was on my radar, but you know, I'm not being funny when you are torn between six different rooms and all of them are compelling. All <laughs> of them, all of them, you're reading the descriptions, you, you're seeing the speakers and you're like, no, but I wanna go to that one. And I wanna go to that one. Anyway, uh, because John had mentioned accessibility so much in my uh, uh, way of measuring which room I was gonna go to, that had to win. Um, and so, so that was a, a really interesting uh, three talks around accessibility, um, around uh, ultimately making uh, web pages way more accessible. There were some tools that were, uh, were quite interesting in terms of uh, measuring accessibility, but there was also uh, some techniques, you know, just, just simple things, uh, you know, for people that are watching or listening right now, just, just as a, a really simple example, um, if you've got someone that isn't using uh, a, a mouse um, and they might be using a keyboard more, um, they want the tab key to be able to go 
uh, in the correct order. So whether that be in the correct order across a menu or in the correct order across uh, a form, there's so many examples where you press the tab key, but actually it takes you to field seven instead of field one, two, three, four in that order. So it just randomly takes you to field seven, field nine, field 10. Uh, if you go onto some well-known big websites, um, if you go onto the big mega menus and you start using the tab key, you find that actually it doesn't go in the correct order. It goes it goes horizontally instead of uh, vertically along the submenus, which if you were a user, you'd want to uh, uh, go vertically. So they were just, you know, that's I, I was just trying to give a, a real practical example of, of what we might be talking about here in terms of accessibility. Um, but I Google is definitely, definitely measuring this. Uh, well, you know, you can see in Lighthouse, there's already a score. It's nothing new, but I think mm. that I think what is new is that there's there's a focus on it. Yeah, fascinating. Listen, time is against us, so I need to kind of uh, ask you, where possible, to use your memory or look at your notes. Of course, I'm thinking on behalf of someone who is particularly busy, so that they can't do the full version of SEO as someone who's who's you know who's that's their principal activities so if you're the casual optimizer i mean nothing about it, but just you know time is against you you're a, a content creator you're publishing it and you've got just enough time to add you know some of the kind of uh, seo uh, magic is there something that you picked up from the event that we need to continue to do or that could be introduced for the first time i, I would say less is more so for someone that's busy um, that's a content producer, perhaps a website manager. It's around trying to think of a a pillar piece of content, a really important piece of content that's going to be really helpful, really resourceful, and use AI not to write it, but to help you structure it, to help you think about the keywords, to help you think about the uh, the, the the different sections, to help you think of some of the things that you need to include in there, um, and 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 embrace AI, but own the content yourself, ensure that you have personality. But yeah, the, what 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 one thing would I be doing if I was a content creator? I'd be reducing the, actually reducing the amount of content I'm creating and increasing the quality of the content I'm creating creating, and, and increasing the, the depth of content I'm creating. And if you want to appear for a particular keyword, you need to use tools to find lots of keywords around that topic so that you are really showing demonstrating to google that you are knowledgeable not just on that phrase but on all the phrases around it as well thank you very much uh let me give you a different scenario then you have more time perhaps indeed it's your full-time occupation to do the seo and sem anything that you want to mention that you took away from brighton seo 2023 well, if you're an SEO consultant, for example, um, and uh, or perhaps you're head of you know head of SEO in a, in, a, in, a, in a, on client side, um, it goes back to uh, embracing AI, but also focusing on accessibility. Would you know it's it's what I've just talked about, but that would be you know I I'm hearing agencies that are coming out saying we are not going to be using AI for our content. And my big concern with that, I don't believe that AI should be writing all of it, all, all of your content, but my big concern is, is if you don't embrace these things, it's a bit like when we switched to email from, from the post. If you didn't embrace email, you were going to get left behind and lost. And I just think you need to embrace these things. And, and, and from a, a real technical point of view, focusing on the SEO, 
start looking at accessibility scores and start really focusing on the differences uh, that you can make there. Thank you very much. And I think, you know, what is meant often by that statement, we're not going to use AI, is, is that we're not going to charge clients for offering copywriting where none of us got, got involved. And I think that's, you know, essentially trying to claim some element of honesty and, and integrity, but to not use it to support to strategic thinking or planning, as you mentioned, or simply saying, give me again, you know, the broad stroke of what is meant by accessibility, according to John Muller at yeah. Google. I think you want that digital assistant, as you and I would call it, as opposed to AI to be there to support you. Um, obviously, we can sense, you know, that a week on, you're still so excited and so fired up about you being there at Brighton SEO 2023. What about you and, you know, your services and what your clients can look forward to in terms of what would you add maybe or what would you reinforce in terms of um, what you're going to do for, you know, your many projects? Well, without answering that question quite directly yet one of the talks that i haven't even mentioned was by professor hannah fry uh, she's a uh, mathematician she's she does a lot of presenting on the bbc uh, on uh, uh, radio 4 as well um and she did a talk about data and uh, and there were some really interesting uh, examples that she talked about and it was real life examples so there was there was talk about um data in terms of uh um, shrimp population. There was data in terms of uh, cows uh, are more females born with born than, than male cows, and in fact, actually, she talked about how farmers are now using uh, Fitbits on cows to track their steps because what that's linked to is is the is what they found is female cows walk more when they're on heat, and if they can. Um, use uh, it, it, uh if if cows can um uh what's the word that i can use <laughs> if if cows can um create more create young cows <laughs> uh, at the earlier stage of heat there's more chance of a female cow being born um, mm -hmm. and so so cows are uh, so farmers are using data to uh, to increase their uh, their profitability ultimately. Um, so that anyway, the point being is that she was giving real life examples, lots of different data. But one of the things that that one of the clear things that came out is that if the data doesn't always give you the true picture, if you're if there's too much of it, and if you've not taken into account some of the other metrics and some of the other things that are going on. So going back to your question, what's, what are my clients going to get and what, what, what am I going to be doing differently? I think what Hannah's made me really reflect and think about is that there's not just one thing that needs to be right. It's this, you need to have, Google's looking at so many different data points that, for us to rank really well and for us to stand out really well, we've got to get it right in, in, in several key points. So there's no point having the fastest website in the world if the content isn't helpful. There's also no point having unbelievably helpful content if the website doesn't work very well across all devices. And I know that we've been saying that phrase for years in terms of does it work across other devices but i'm talking about it in a serious way where technically 
what's Google actually scoring in terms of how it works across those devices? So I think, you know, and 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 lastly, well, clients aren't going to get anything different because I'm already embracing AI. And AI is is an absolute part of client delivery in terms of increasing the value that we're offering and increasing the the strategy uh, that we're offering as well. Because what AI brings is all the experts across the world saying, ah, yes, but have you thought of this as well? And that can make a big difference. And what is lovely is this idea, which is what you're explaining, you have to have context. And the context comes from you understanding your customers, their needs and wants, but also just, you know, their their world. You know, and, and I think you're right. If you, you, you're given a data set, but you can't read the data with that tacit knowledge and understanding of your customer's world, you, you might make some either poorer decisions or go in, in a direction that is not going to be particularly productive or fruitful. Yeah, yeah. Context. You're absolutely right. It, 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 it absolutely is about context. Um, I was just looking. We had a, a, a couple of comments as well. Uh, so thanks for, if you've been watching live or if you're with us right now. Uh, thank you for engaging online. I'll reply to some of those comments afterwards. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a great trip and um they the the content was just awesome uh i met some brilliant people as well uh met some uh you know it, it being in being in a room where there's thousands of other people that do a very similar thing to you is a, is a great place to be where you can really um you know have deep conversations and reflect on some of the the learnings and some of the, um, you know, the work that I'm already doing with clients to be able to share some of that data and, and be able to talk about uh, strategies that have worked, that haven't worked. Uh, as it, it was really insightful. I, it was it was really good. No, thank you very much. And thank you for taking the time to share, you know, both your, your kind of feelings, reactions and and memories from, from that event. I know that over the coming weeks, more, you know, you'll share more and more as, you know, that, that kind of dust settles and more of the key takeaways become more and more uh, evident to you. Thank you also for being so trusting, for allowing me to, you know, demote you to a guest on your own show. <laughs> and I hope that since you've been away, were you away for three days all in? Yeah. I, th I thought I hope that you thought something very very nice to uh, do with your family because I'm sure they missed you as well whilst you were away. But thank you because for all of us as marketers, whether we're casual optimizers and and content creators all the way to full time, it, it's nice to to hear it in that way with um, your passion and kind of fire in your belly. So well done. Thank you. There's going to be lots of content coming out of this. There's already some blogs on uh, on my agency website, Flick.Marketing. There's also blogs on the JohnnyRoss.com. But there's plenty more content coming out from this. You know, there was so much I can't not share it. Uh, Pascal, of course, I could trust you to uh, to to run my podcast. Uh, thank you very much for you taking time out to to tease some of this out of me. Um, and uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you very much for uh, for doing this. You're very welcome. See you all soon. Please do join us on the next Johnny Ross Fractional CMO. Thank you so much to Pascal Fintoni. Quick uh, round of applause for Pascal. Um, and uh, we shall see you all soon. Same time, same place on whatever favorite podcast platform you listen to or whatever video platform you watch. We'll see you soon. Take care.